0: Turning Point presents the Jeremiah Study Bible. Jumpstart your Bible study with more than 8,000 study notes from Dr. Jeremiah to help you discover what the Bible says, what it means, and what it means for you. Available in the New King James and New International versions in standard or large print, as well as the English Standard Version in standard print. For more details or to order your copy, go to davidjeremiah.ca/jsb.
1: This year, bring the celebration of Christmas home through Turning Point's online Home for Christmas channel. Fill your season with all your favorite holiday traditions, music, carols, laughter, inspirational Bible teaching, and more, all at your fingertips, completely free, to be played on your phone, your car, at home, or anywhere you need a little Christmas. Simply log on to davidjeremiah.org or turningpoint.tv.
0: There's something special about flipping the calendar to a fresh new year, especially after the kind of year we've all had. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah turns to the book of Philippians for some motivation to help you enter the new year with greater spiritual momentum and a vibrant Christian walk. To introduce his special New Year's message, Facing Forward, here's David.
1: Well, you know, there's some passages of scripture that you just keep turning to over and over again. I've preached from this particular portion of the Word of God many times. I have actually shared this portion of God's Word with athletic teams all over the world, all over the country baseball, football, uh, basketball. I've done a couple of uh, NBA all star game chapels, and quite often I think of this passage of Scripture. It's a great motivational portion of the Word of God, and it was at the very center of the book I wrote this last year called Forward. Here we have the Apostle Paul saying, forgetting those things which are behind. Oh, my goodness, do we resonate with that when we think of this last year? We do want to forget. Um, uh, I think it's so important that we be good forgetters when it comes to things like what's happened uh, in the past year. We, We don't want to be controlled by what happened. We want to be informed by it, but not controlled by it. And then Paul goes on to say, looking um, forward, looking to the blessed hope of the Lord Jesus, looking to the embodiment of Christ in my spirit. Paul had a great spiritual goal, and he wrote these words we're going to talk about um, today when he was in the latter part of his life, having lived a long and fruitful life. These words are great motivation as we face the new year. So open your heart, open your Bible, and let's begin. Well, there's a passage of scripture that my mind has been drawn to in these past days found in the book of Philippians in the third chapter that I think has some great insight for all of us at this particular time. And there's just three verses that I want us to examine today. And I'd like to read those verses from Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. I need you to know that as I read these verses, Paul is writing this from his prison cell. He is in the last trimester of his life and he is speaking very personally to the people of Philippi who I believe were his favorite congregation because he was more personal in his instructions to the Philippians than he was in any other book. He spoke to them at the beginning talking about how he longed for them and how he prayed for them and how he loved them. So he's opening his heart to them, as if he were sitting across the table with a cup of coffee in his hand and sharing with them his very heart. And listen to these words. He says, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. From Paul's words in these three verses, I want to share with you four principles which I think are important for all of us to consider as we prepare ourselves for a new year. For a new chapter in our lives the first thing that has to happen according to Paul is we need to begin with what I call a divine discontent a divine discontent in verse 12 he says not that I have already attained or am already perfected but I press on now I don't know if you get the impact of those words but Paul is talking here about the discontent in his life. He said, I haven't arrived. I haven't made it. I haven't come to the place where I want to be. Is there such a thing as divine discontent? After all, we're told in the Bible that we're to be content with such things as we have. That's what the New Testament says. And the answer is, of course, that is true. We're to be content with the things God gives us. When our Lord is teaching us about material goods, he tells us that we're to be content with such things as we have and not always be clamoring for more. But when it comes to our growing relationship with Jesus Christ, we are never to be content. That's what Paul is teaching us. It's hard to believe when you read this, that the human author of these words is the Apostle, we call Paul. Harder to believe that these words were uttered toward the end of his life. After he had been used of the Lord to establish churches and write letters that have become most of the New Testament. And have many visions that God trusted him with. Win so many spiritual victories. At the end of all of that, not at the beginning, at the end of it. Paul says, I want you to know, not content with where I am. I want to go beyond where I have come. I have greater vision for the future in my relationship with the Lord. Twice in this text, he uses the word perfect. In verse 12, he talks about not having arrived at perfection. But if you look down to verse 15, he uses that word again. And he says, therefore, let us as many as are mature or perfect is the same word, have this same mind. What same mind is he talking about? He's saying, in this play on words, he's telling us that we are mature when we realize that we have not arrived at perfection. Maturity is not coming to the place where you say, I finally got it all figured out. I finally know what it's all about. Perfection and maturity in the Christian life is understanding where you are and how much yet you have to achieve, and where you're going, and how much further it is to get there. Maturity is not smug, complacent, self-satisfied sufficiency. Maturity is where Paul is, with a divine discontent. A sanctified dissatisfaction with our spiritual progress is one of the building blocks of a growing Christian experience. You say, Pastor, I never heard anything like that before. You mean, if I don't feel good about my Christian life, that's good? (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Jesus taught us this in the Beatitudes. Do you remember that? He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. We're to have a hunger for God. Psalmist writes, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God, when I shall come and appear before God. Psalm 42, 1 and 2. The Bible tells us, and Paul is teaching us, that if we're going to face forward in the new year, the place we begin is just understanding that we've got a long way to go. A divine discontent. Notice secondly, Paul talks about a disciplined devotion in verse 13. He says... But one thing I do, one thing I do. What does it mean to be the person of one thing? To be single minded, starting with your discontent from the past, you now begin to focus and you get single minded about your life. One thing, always thinking of one thing, means we're learning how to say no to some things so that we can say yes to the one thing. E. Stanley Jones said it this way, your capacity to say no determines your capacity to say yes to greater things. And I'm finding as I get older, that's one of the greatest challenges I face. Learning to say no so that you can say yes to the one thing. Paul said, this one thing I do. Dawson Trotman said, this one thing I do, not these 20 things I dabble in. So many times we spread ourselves so thin. And I have to tell you something, my friend. We can never, ever get to the place where we only get to do the one thing. But I know in my heart that in every one of your hearts, you know the one thing. You know what it is. The one thing that God has called you to do. The one thing that God has wrapped you up in a package to perform for him. Let me urge you as you face this new year, as I speak to my own heart today. Be careful that you don't get caught up in the many things and sacrifice the one thing that God uniquely created you to do in this world. I said there were four things, and I've given you two of them, a divine discontent, a disciplined devotion. Notice thirdly, a definite direction. Verse 13 again, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Isn't that a good New Year's verse? Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. One of the things that keeps so many of us from making progress in our walk with the Lord is our obsession with the past. Paul gives us here a key that will help us if we understand what he's saying. When we become followers of Christ, we enter into a new life in Christ and our past is once and for all put behind us. But Satan loves to come to us with the reminder of our past sins and our past failures. If he can get us to dwell on what used to be before Christ, he can neutralize us in any way we might be used of the Lord. Paul said, I am committed to forgetting those things which are in the past. When Paul uses the word forget, let me explain what he means. He is not talking about failing to remember. No one has the power to erase from memory what has happened in his life. What Paul is talking about when he says forget is he's talking about refusing to be influenced by the things in the past. God has promised to forget our sins in that same way. Listen, their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. Hebrews 10, 17. God is not saying that he's developed a bad memory. He's not saying that. He is saying that he will no longer hold our sins against us. In other words, our sins will no longer affect our standing with God and influence his attitude toward us. That's what it means when it says he forgot our sins. If we're to forget the past, we have to do with our past what God has done with our sins. Be discontent about your life. Yes. And develop a one thing mentality about your walk with the Lord. But then be a person of one thing, and then be a person who doesn't let the past control you. A definite direction. Let me give you the last thought. Divine discontent. A disciplined devotion. A definite direction. Now notice, fourthly, a diligent determination. Watch this. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I can't get over the, the picture I have in my mind of an old man in a prison cell with his parchments and his pen, having all of these accomplishments in the past, writing these words, man, I'm fired up about the future. I'm pressing toward the future. I'm apprehending the future. I'm going toward the goal. And I'm thinking to myself, that's it. That's life wide open. That's life. For God, with no reservations, all the way to the edge. Paul's diligent determination is given to us in verses 13 and 14 like it was a foot race. He uses three different athletic expressions that would have certainly been well known to the Christians of his day. The first phrase is the phrase, I follow after. It refers to a sporting event. He tells us that we must make every effort to live the righteous life. Paul has been so careful to teach us that we are not saved by works, that we can't be righteous in order to become a Christian. But once we become Christians, then we begin to live our lives for God. And contrary to what you may have heard, that takes some effort on our part. We don't just become Christians and then float to heaven. Sometimes we become Christians and it's like swimming upstream. Can I get a witness? It's not easy. The Christian life is difficult. No one has ever told us that if we became Christians, all of our problems would go away. If anyone tells you that, they're not teaching you the true word of God. The word of God is careful to help us understand that the Christian life is life against the grain. We live in a world that does not know our God, does not love our Christ, and more and more is intolerant of who we are in the Savior and we need to follow after. It's an intense word. The second word that he uses is the word apprehend, and that means to grab hold of and pull down. The best picture I can think of is a guy running down the field in football, and he is chased down by the defensive back, and he grabs him and he tackles him and he brings him to the ground with intensity. Paul said that when we're in this race, we're pursuing We're intensely after the goal of knowing Christ and walking with him. Paul says he's forging ahead to apprehend Christ. He wanted to experience everything God had for him in his life. Follow after, he said, apprehend. And then he uses this other phrase twice, pressing toward the mark. What a great phrase. It's an athlete who runs without swerving off course. Straining every nerve and every muscle as he keeps on running with all of his might toward the goal And he doesn't look back because if you look back you could lose your stride and stumble and fall you keep your eye on the goal Some of you say well pastor jeremiah. I hear you Frankly what you're talking about Outside of anything. I'm interested in you may feel the cost is more than you care to pay The energy more than you desire to give Let me remind you again that the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus is worth more than you could ever imagine. What it is you want is what I'm talking about. What it is that gives you a little bit of an emptiness in your spirit right now is this striving after a relationship with God that never gets to the place where you're fully content, but there is joy in the arriving and in the striving and in the going after. Somebody said... There are no hard and fast rules for developing a passionate Christian life. There are only hard rules for developing the passionate Christian life. There are no fast ones, just hard ones. And I thought, as I conclude today, I'd like to just give you five practical things that will help you take what I've talked about maybe and put it to work as you prepare for the next year. First of all, First thing you need to do, and this is what I've been doing, pray for God's direction as you face the opportunities and challenges of the new year. Just say, Lord God, here I am on the threshold of a new year and I want you to give me direction. Show me what you want me to do. Secondly, present yourself to the Lord for whatever he has in his plan for you. Don't say, Lord, use me, and then start making conditions with him. You say, Lord, I present my body, A living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto you, which is my reasonable service. In other words, Lord God, I've signed the bottom of it. You fill in what you want me to do. Are you willing to do that? You mean sign the contract before I know what it says? Oh, absolutely. That's what faith is. You sign the contract and let God fill in the page. Are you willing to do that? That's the second step. Thirdly, plan your strategy for the new year. I read recently... That most people spend more time planning a two-weeks vacation than they spend in all of their life planning their journey from here to heaven. Isn't that an awesome thought? We spend more time strategizing. We get our maps out. We call the hotels. We find out what the cost is. We get the airline reservations or whatever. We put it all together. And then we take the trip. Well, my friend, we're on a journey from here to heaven, and we need to make some plans along the way. Have you got a strategy for the new year? You say, What? Well, I, I didn't do real good with my Bible reading last year. You know why? You didn't plan to. You didn't even strategize it. You don't even have a plan. You know, if, if you don't have a plan, I can promise you, you will be a failure. If you don't, what is it? If you fail to plan, you'll plan to fail. So you say, well, what do I need? Well, it's not that hard. You know, there are hundreds of different schedules for reading the Bible. Read the Bible through it a year. Maybe that's what God wants you to do. What I'm saying is between now and the first of the year, sit down and say, here's my strategy for the new year. I want to read this book on prayer. I want to go through this plan. I want to study this book. I want to tell you, this is what my plan is. If you don't have a strategy, my friends, you're already on your way to being discouraged. You say, well, I'm afraid to make a plan because if I make a plan, I'm afraid I won't be able to follow it. Let me promise you, you won't. You will mess up you make mistakes. You'll go AWOL on God for a week. But if you got a plan, you've got some place to come back to. You see? If you're just kind of meandering, and this is where I think most of God's people are, we're just sort of meandering out there. We're not going to heaven, we're wandering to heaven. <laughs> we're sort of meandering on our way. We don't have a plan. And I want to urge you, and I say this with all sincerity... Plan your strategy for the new year. Bible reading, ministry goals, goals for your family, goals for your work. Fourth, put your plan into operation one day at a time. You know, you plan for the year, then you put the year's plan away, and you start looking one day at a time. If you keep the year's plan out and you keep looking at the whole year, you'll get discouraged. you sit say, in no way I can do that. No way. Just one day at a time. You know what I've learned in the Bible? God hasn't promised you grace for the whole year or for a month or for even a week. He's promised you grace for each day. Take each part of your strategy each day. Put it in operation. Watch God work. Number five, prepare for times of discouragement. There will be days of defeat, but they need not deter you if you're prepared to get back up and keep going. And I've noticed that in my life sometimes. You know, I get going and I'm making progress with the thing God has called me to do. And, and then something I thought was right didn't turn out right. And, and I fall on my face. And while I'm down there, I have to just say, Lord God, I, I might have gotten into this thing. And I might have been doing my stuff. And I know that my stuff doesn't work. So, Lord, get me back on your plan. And out of that, you keep going. But you see, if you've got a plan, you've got some place to come back to. The devil will tell you, oh, you messed up, you might as well just throw the whole year away. That is a lie. Don't let him do that to you this year. Make your plan. Get your strategy together. Realize that down the way you're going to have some difficult days. We all do. Anybody who says they don't have discouraging days when the sky looks black and the sun disappears and it looks like it's going to rain forever, if you you say you don't have days like that, you just, you're on something, I don't know what. (laughs) All of us have days like that. You know, C.S. Lewis said, our souls and our bodies live so close together, they catch each other's diseases. When you don't feel good physically, it's hard to feel good spiritually. You're going to have times like that. But when those times come, don't let the enemy steal your joy. Just go through it and get back on the bike and go on to the tape and win the race. Amen. I am so excited about this year, and I believe that God is going to do a great thing in our midst, one person at a time. Amen. Well, this is uh, the last day of 2020, our last broadcast in this year. Thank you so much for your faithfulness over these past 12 months. We've hung in there together. We've gotten through this together, haven't we? Every day we've met around the Word of God with some truth. And uh, from the letters and emails we've gotten for so many of you, this has been a lifesaver because you knew that you knew what you knew, but sometimes you forget. And somebody like me comes along to remind you this is what God says, this is what God will do. Um, he never shelters anybody without them coming out of the shelter better than they were before. We learned that. And uh, he has a plan for you. He has a plan for me. It isn't ending with the end of 2020. He takes us forward into the new year with a fresh slate, a great opportunity to begin some things anew, to polish some of the things that we've done and do them better, and to initiate some things that need to be done and begin to do them So uh, from all of us here at Turning Point, especially from me, because I'm the one that talks to you every day, Happy New Year to you. I trust that you're ready to face the new year with a heart full of faith and joy. And um, don't forget, we're now really at the end of this offer for strength for today, the devotional. If you haven't ordered it already, you can do it today. But you need to send a gift of any size. Do it today and ask for your copy of this beautiful leather-covered devotional. 365 devotionals, one for every day of the new year. There's something in here God wants you to know, something He will use this book to communicate to you and we hope you'll take advantage of it. And we thank you ahead of time for your year-end gift. What we're doing around the world is making a difference. Many lives are being changed. We're touching more people than we ever dreamed we ever would have. We now air this particular program on over 3,000 radio stations across America and in australia and canada and england and uh, india and many other places your investment is making a difference thank you for your gift and be sure and ask for your copy of strength for today when you send your gift right now we'll see you next time
0: for more information on dr jeremiah's special messages for the new year Please visit our website where you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected, our monthly magazine turning points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. When you do, ask for your copy of David's 365-day devotional for 2021, Strength for Today. It's filled with biblical truth for the year ahead, and it's yours for a gift of any amount. And to keep your spirits bright through the holiday season, visit the Home for Christmas channel at turningpoint.tv, your free source for Christmas music, videos, messages, and more. The Home for Christmas channel at turningpoint.tv. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we begin the series, The Life God Blesses, here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Have you ever wondered what your legacy will be? The Jeremiah Legacy Society from Turning Point was created for friends of the ministry who feel called to partner with Dr. David Jeremiah to deliver the unchanging Word of God to future generations. We can ensure that the impact we have reaches beyond our days here on earth. Visit our website at davidjeremiahgift.org to learn more about how you can be a part of the Jeremiah Legacy Society.
1: In talking about the limitations of science, one commentator wrote, When science finishes putting men on the moon, maybe it could tackle the problem of getting pigeons down off public buildings. Whether pigeons on buildings are a huge problem or not, I don't know. But this observation points out something to remember. Science can't do everything. There is no pill to heal a broken heart, and no medical prescription to restore hope when all is lost. For some things in life, the most important things, only God is able. If you have tried the best science has to offer, I encourage you to give God a chance. This is David Jeremiah, encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's solutions on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com and get your roadmap for life.